This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate. Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Jason Laidler, here with the world-famous Ted Walsh, and glad you're joining us on this beautiful Sunday. Ted, how are you doing, sir? I'm very well, thank you, and I hope you're well as well. I'm well as well, for sure. Well, thanks, for, thanks for asking. And for Frank's with us today, because Kelly's off I on know. vacation. I know. We've got a new boss today, behind Every, the glass. Everybody takes vacation, except... Me. Except you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna away. Last time I went away was when Diefenbaker was overthrown. Who? <laughs> <laughs> See, you, Frank gets it. Oh, he he was one of the good ones. Yeah, he yeah, was no. one of the good ones, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just want to remind the listeners if, if there's, uh, well, I know there's regular listeners out there. This this Avoid Probate show, which is what we're about to uh, work on for the next hour or so and, and, and educate the listeners, hopefully, this was created here originally with Frank to guide me through the process uh, a while ago because, yeah, before you joined the show... Remember, I was looking for a parking spot. You were looking for a parking spot, and I had to come in here without your help, mm-hmm. uh, which I was much looking forward to. And, uh, no, Frank did a good job of uh, carrying, <laughs> carrying me through the first six weeks without you. Carrying you, do, oh, doing all the hand-holding. Yes, it yes. Was a, we enjoyed the hand-holding. We, yeah, well, it, it did. Uh, it, was, it, it got better. Right. Yeah. It, it had a romantic feel I'd to I'd like it. to think it's still getting better. I guess there's still room for improvement. <laughs> oh, there's always room for improvement. But then, of course, once uh, Ted Walsh and, uh, arrived on the scene, he found his parking spot. We had to move into a bigger space, and then we yep. got to work with the lovely Kelly. That's right. Who, as you said, is on vacation. Okay, ready? Skill testing question. For, well, it's not really a skill testing question, but I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to answer it as fast as you can. Hmm. Your favorite animal? Well, I have a cat right now. Really? That's your answer? A cat? The reason I asked you the question, by far, I could have answered the question, by the way, like this. Mind you, I was prepared for it, Uh, unlike you. Polar bears. Polar bears. Polar bears are so cool. Polar bears are killer animals. I know. Today is International Polar Bear Day. Is it? It is. But I think they're amazing creatures. They are amazing creatures. And, And I know we did have some at the Toronto Zoo. I don't know if we still do. Well, in addition to uh, International Polar Bear Day, I brought you a little snack, uh, Ted, today. Did yes, you notice? I did. Yeah. It's... I was wondering why there's a bag of <laughs> strawberries sitting on the table. In I, wor- front of I me worked here. hard on these strawberries. I brought a bag for you. I brought a bag for Frank. I went to the store. I bought them. I cut, I cleaned them, of course, just so you know. They're clean. I cut them up and I brought them in. I'm not sure if we're supposed to be eating in the studio, by the way. Probably not. Maybe Frank's going to yell at us, but. Uh, but it's National Strawberry Day, <clears throat> so okay, enjoy. All right, let's uh, let's regroup. It is the Avoid Probate Show. We have some Avoid Probate stuff to share and yes. talk about. 
Uh, it's been busy, but I guess we need to go to our first break uh, before we jump into all that interesting stuff. So good time to top up your tea and your coffee. And we and will, have some strawberries. And have a strawberry. And we'll be right back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember, insert your name, and we're heartbroken because, insert your name, did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of, insert your name, have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca this is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back. You're listening to the Avoid Probate Show. Ted Wallace in here with Jason Laidler. You can reach Jason during the course of the week via email info at avoidprobate.ca or toll free. You can reach his mom. 1-844-667-7628. Six six seven seven six two eight one eight four four six six seven seven six two eight. Somebody asked me the other day. They said, "You keep saying that Jason's mom answers the phone." I said, "She does. She works for Jason. <laughs> well, she's supposed to anyway." Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't always. Yeah, because somebody be careful said, what I, say. Oh, "I thought you guys were just joking around." I said, "No, no, I'm very serious." Yeah, I'm very serious. I mean, listen, if you can't trust your mom, well, exactly. You know, how are you going to get a better employee? No, mom. Mom retired from decades and decades of uh, administration work yeah. at the high school that I went to, and uh, was looking for something to do. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for some help, so it was a perfect uh, win-win situation. Okay, listen, I'm I'm gonna we're gonna kind of jump around a little bit today, and that's my fault. But I think it's it's hopefully it's all good. Certainly, uh, hope you you learned something. Um, somebody was uh, telling me on the phone the other day to provide more information, Ted, on the show. I said, you know, you guys, she, <laughs> she said, you guys talk a lot, but, you know, you don't really say much. You need to give us more information. I said, okay, thanks for the feedback. So here's some information for you, <laughs> hot off the presses, and that's why I brought it in to, to, to share. Uh, this article is dated Feb 10th of this year, so, you know, it's not, it's pretty fresh, and it's called uh, Regulators to Ban DSCs for SEG Funds. What's that? Okay, let's talk about that. First of all, I mean, let me remind everybody, SEG Funds, short for Segregated Fund, yeah. that's the uh, insurance company's version of the mutual fund, which is our solution to avoiding the probate. We move the money from the bank over to the insurance company, put it in SEG Funds, Whatever kind of seg fund you want. I've said it before. There's something for everybody. There's a hundred different options. Asia, North America, Canadian specific, bonds, blah, blah, blah. So we create a portfolio that everybody's comfortable with using these seg funds where the rules are different because now you can put a beneficiary on those on that account. You couldn't do that at the bank and that avoids the probate. Are there seg funds set up yet for cryptocurrency? No. But they're working on it. Yeah. And I have on, on good authority that it's just a matter of time for would you put money in that? Personally, yes, yeah, I would. would. Personally, I would. I mean, See, I, I don't know. I've been thinking about that. And, and some days you read and you say, this sounds like a great idea. And there's some very knowledgeable people who are putting lots of money well, in. Well, I was just going to say, you, have to, you, can't, you, can't doubt the, you can't doubt that 
a lot of people have made a lot of money on Bitcoin. Yeah, but a lot of people have bought in at forty grand and, yeah. and then it turned around and it's twenty eight. Yep. I hear so, you. So, so this kind of like a conversation I had just recently with a new, a new avoidprobate.ca client, and I'm going to talk about her story later on uh, before we wrap up the show today, but you're, you made me think of it now and jumped ahead. And she's so conservative and so afraid of losses. Um, and I was explaining, you know, she should have, so, she's, she's not very old. She's, in other words, she's got a long investment career ahead of her, if you ask me, like 20 years, maybe more. And that's a long time. And I am very confident that 20 years from now, the indices, the markets are going to be higher than they are today. Yeah. Okay. Whatever the number is, I don't care. I'm just saying, you know, it's going to go up. Things are going to keep, they're going to, it's, it's the whole three steps forward, one step back thing, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe we're going to see a market correction in the near future, depending on geopolitical events and, and new COVID waves, whatever. That's, that's all normal stuff. But... It kind of got me off on a tangent here. We've we've been enjoying what's called a, a bull market for mm-hmm. a decade, and so is it. Uh, are we coming up to time for a, one of those step steps back that I referred to? Maybe some people think we're getting close to that. Maybe Every, you know people are guessing. Nobody knows. But the point is, in, in a ten year period of time, you're, there's a really it's like ninety eight percent chance you're going to have more money after ten years than you started with. Mm-hmm. It's very rare. You could pick any 10-year uh, period of time over, over the last 75 years, and, and I think there's only two in, in that 75-year period where the index was lower after 10 years than it was at the beginning. But, okay, so what I was getting at was I was saying to this lady, <clears throat> to your point about uh, putting some money in cryptocurrency in that sector, so that's a sector. You know, you could have, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you could have, uh, natural resource sector, you could have a, a bond sector. Those are what we call sectors, and there's all kinds of them to choose from. And so the cryptocurrency makes up its own sector. It's not an all-or-nothing proposition. You could put 10%. You could put yeah. 5% sure. of your portfolio in there. And so is it worth the 5% gamble? Well, maybe. It's, you're certainly not going to lose your shirt if you're only exposed 5%, right? So getting back to the article about the DSCs for SEG funds... Again, seg funds are the solution that we talk about. And we've talked about fees uh, regarding seg funds before. We did a whole show comparing fees because I talked about how they had a bad rap. And 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 they kind of deserved it in the beginning. They were quite a bit more expensive uh, as an option 20 years ago when they first came out. That's all changed, though. It's all changed. Uh, The insurance companies have done a good job of, of cleaning that stuff up. And the fees today, I'll I'll discuss. I'll I'll argue the fees on a seg fund any day of the week, and not because well, I just think it's it, you get what you pay for. We've talked about that too. Yep. You get what you pay for. So the DSC stands for deferred sales charge. Deferred sales charge DSC. It used to be the industry standard. You made an investment with whoever it was. It didn't matter. Pick a financial institution. <clears throat> And that investment was was put in on a DSC basis. So, in other words, your hundred grand, you know, instead of taking something off the top of taking something out of your money, they put in the whole amount. They put in the whole hundred grand, so you could see that. So you you felt good because your whole hundred grand is being used. But you're on this DSC schedule, deferred sales charge schedule, and what that meant was when you when when you decided you wanted to take some of that hundred grand out and use it for a new car or a trip to Costa Rica or whatever you want, mm-hmm. depending on how long the money had been in the account, 
you're paying a deferred sales charge. You're paying a back-end fee. And the problem with this was most people didn't understand this because a lot of advisors didn't disclose it like they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Because, so the, the, the schedule is a seven-year schedule. And some people say, well, holy cow, man, seven years to be like on the hook. That's a long time. But it, uh, it was a declining uh, fee over, over seven years. So if you took the money out like six months later, after only having it invested there at that institution for six months, you're paying like 7%. In year two, it's down to 6%. In year three, it's 4.5%. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it goes to zero. So the the good part of the DSC was if you're planning on keeping your money here for seven plus years, right. you don't care. It's all There's no fee at the end of seven years. It goes to zero. Mm-hmm. And so if it was retirement savings and you're not retired yet, there's a good chance it's going to be there for seven plus years. And so it goes to zero. It becomes fee free. So you don't care. And that's that was the uh, kind of the attitude of a lot of advisors. And that was their argument for not disclosing it to clients was, hey, I thought it was going to be long-term money. It was supposed to be long-term money. So effectively, it wasn't going to cost the client anything, but something popped up, an unexpected expense, or or they got they wanted to move the money for some reason to a different institution, different advisor, advisor retired, advisor died, advisor got fired, whatever, went to jail. <clears throat> yeah. So you want to move the money, and all of a sudden, you know, it's a 5% hit. And 5% is is significant uh, on a million bucks. You know, people are like, what are you talking about? I didn't know anything about this DSC fee. And so it caused a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's proposed, the, the financial <clears throat> institutions have known this for years and years and years. So most advisors don't use it anymore. It still exists technically, I'm guessing, because I haven't even read this article yet. Um, I've been rambling on about some of the background, but... Uh, Well, okay, I'll jump in. It says the ban on deferred sales charge structures that takes effect for investment funds on June 1 will be adopted for segregated funds too, insurance regulators warned today. So this is referring to the fact that uh, it's mutual funds at the bank versus seg funds at the insurance company. They're different animals. They're under different legislation. They have different rules. Uh, But what they're trying to say here is that we want this rule to apply across the board and lose the deferred sales charge altogether. I want to say I haven't used a DSC for a client's money in over 10 years. There are other options that advisors can can choose. And I I gave up on DSCs a long time ago because of the bad rap that uh, that comes with them. Uh, there's a little bit more to this article. I think I'll just finish it off when we get back from this quick break. We've got a f- couple other things to talk about as well, but uh, we'll, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. My name is Marilyn, and I avoided probate. Marilyn is a good daughter who wants the best for her elderly mom. Um, why is she overdrawn on her account? What's going on here? Her mom had money, much of which was tied up in non-registered accounts like GICs, paying next to no interest, which meant... She was dipping into her capital big time because the residence she was staying in was very costly. So she was overdrawn on her account four times a month. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs using her power of attorney. The bank refused, saying the accounts were in her mom's name only. 
and then rub salt in the wound. They pushed it back on the family and said it was all our fault. We should have been on top of it, not them. That's when Marilyn got a hold of Jason at avoidprobate.ca. He accompanied Marilyn to the bank to move mom's money. Why? The insurance companies now have as many, if not more, investment options than the banks have. Plus, we can also put a 100% death benefit guarantee on the account once it's at the insurance company. Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca. I don't know how long my mother is going to live. None of us know. So my thing was, if she lives to 100, there'll be more than enough money to sustain her. How was avoidprobate.ca able to help Marilyn's mom? It's a good news story. The account is earning much more than it did when it was at the bank in a low-paying GIC. But more importantly, it's still 100% mom mom's money. There's no joint owner on the account, but there is a beneficiary on the account, which wasn't there before. Which means no tax issues and no probate to worry about. I share my story with as many people as I can, and I hand out Jason's cards to lots of people and say, call this man. He'll walk you through it. Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll-free number, but call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you. Avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. And welcome back. You're listening to the Avoid Probate Show with Jason Laidler and me, Ted Wallison. With a reminder, the information provided in this program is consumption only. It's not intended to provide particular legal or investment advice. Every situation is different, and so if you have a legal or an investment question, you should speak with a licensed expert. Of course, you can contact Jason by email, info at avoidprobate.ca, or toll-free 1-844-667-7628. Thanks, Ted. Um, We have, uh, okay, getting back to that article, I'm just going to say I'm not going to finish with the article on DSCs. I kind of made the point that uh, the DSC um, fee structure is about to become, uh, go the way of the uh, dodo bird. Mm -hmm. And that's been in the works for a long time. And it's it's just interesting that the uh, regulators are are doing uh, their part to make sure it applies to not just mutual funds at the bank, but also the seg funds at the insurance company. So listeners and investors... Uh, my advice, do not be signing up for any DSC type of uh, investment structure. There are options. There's several different options that are better for you, for the, for the consumer. Um, I don't I don't love the DSC, even though, like I said, it goes to zero over seven years, after seven years. So it doesn't, it's not always punitive, but it could be, and there's a better way to do it. So let's leave that, let's leave the DSC thing there for now. If you have more questions about it or you want details, you know how to reach me. Um, I want to talk about the fact, oh yeah, it is Feb 27th, like I said at the top, which means technically it's still RSP season, Mm -hmm. but for like two more days, not including today. Mm -hmm. And today is Sunday, although I guess some banks are open today. I would imagine that, uh, yeah, because just because of the fact that it's two days before the deadline. And, and, and. You know, I, I wish I kind of wish I, I could take that back because we don't want you to make your RSP contribution to the bank. We want you to do it through us at the insurance company. So I'm just throwing it out there. If you were still planning on making an RSP contribution so that you could use the deduction against your 2021 income, you have until March 1st. What, so what's that, Tuesday? 
28th, 20, no, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Got it. So the clock's ticking. And if you are in that situation, um, we'll, we'll move mountains to, to get that done for you. Um, I don't expect a lot of people are in that situation, but some, it happens every year. I know it does. Right. Stragglers or people just for, don't realize like March 1st is two days away and et cetera, et cetera. Or they just figure out a way to get some free, some money to do that. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of an important, uh, reminder, I guess. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is has to do with a bit of, you know, not very exciting tax stuff, but, but a listener, uh, one of our regular listeners and regular commenters, commentators, commenters, critics, mm-hmm. um, said that something I said a few weeks ago about the T3s and the taxation of distributions for seg funds was not clear. And so I wanted to kind of clarify that. Okay. So I want to take a minute because, hey, man, we got to be clear. And I we, we work really, really hard to be accurate and clear with all the information that we're sharing with the listeners. That's for sure. So if you think if you think uh, something's not clear or was missaid or whatever, I mean, please let us know. We appreciate the feedback, good or bad. We want the feedback. So uh, a se- I'm going to say a segregated fund, more, more discussion about seg funds. But that's that's what we're doing here. We're using this. Amazing, this amazingly powerful tool provided by the insurance companies with so many other uh, attributes and bells and whistles compared to the regular investment options at the bank. And, you know, we touch on them from time to time, including the 100% death benefit guarantee, which is amazing. That's all I'll say about that for now. A segregated fund may earn interest, dividends, capital gains, or losses, and foreign income. The segregated fund allocates all income and losses among contract owners who held units of the fund during the calendar year. These are allocated to contract owners at the end of each calendar year and reported on a T3 slip for non-registered contracts. They are time-weighted based on the number of months the client held the units during the year, unlike the distributions you get from a mutual fund. And I used the example weeks ago when I first talked about this, about the guy who shows up to dinner late, uh, misses the uh, appetizer and the entree, just has dessert, but has to share the bill with everybody else because he's there. That's how it works on the mutual fund side. It doesn't matter you know, how long, how much of the year you, you held the units of the trust. Um, you're going to get the same tax bill as everybody else. And that's kind of not fair. And the mutual fund doesn't work that way. Sorry, the SEG fund doesn't work that way. Mutual fund trusts distribute taxable income and net realized capital gains to unit holders, but not capital losses. Capital losses are deducted from capital gains earned by the fund. Capital losses that exceed capital gains in the year are carried forward to offset future capital gains. Uh, SEG funds, on the other hand, allocate taxable income and realized capital gains and or losses to contract owners. A SEG fund allocates gains and or losses first to clients who redeemed units. Allocations can't be paid in cash as they are are with mutual fund distributions. Unit values don't change with an allocation and allocations can't be used to purchase additional units. I have more on how these uh, T3s work on the SEG fund side, but I think it's going to be a little bit um, too unexciting. So if you have questions about how the T3 stuff works and the taxation of these uh, distributions that are made. Well, they call them allocations in the insurance world. Same idea. If you need some more information about that, I mean, your accountant should be able to help you with that, or we can for sure. So call us if you need some more information on that stuff. 
All right, I, I alluded earlier to um, a new client of avoidprobate.ca. I want to talk about her situation for a minute because it's something we see on a regular basis and it has to do with these GICs that I, I harp about on a regular basis as well. So it's not uncommon, right, for somebody to have several GICs all with different maturity dates. I don't even know how many this lady had uh, or has. It's got to be like at least eight. And she's got this scrap of paper with maturity dates written on it. And the GIC amounts are all different amounts, starting from a few thousand bucks. And I don't understand that at all. I, I think one was, well, less than 10,000. And others are, you know, significant amounts, like 30, 40 grand. Like, why? Okay. Anyway, so we're going to fix this problem for her. And of course, um, it's not all non registered. Some of it is registered, but the non registered. GICs do not have a beneficiary on them. And she has one adult child who is going to be her beneficiary. Well, that's her plan. So we're solving this problem for her by gradually and painfully moving the money as these GICs mature uh, from the bank over to the insurance company. And where I'm going with this, um, she's very, very, very conservative, hence all the GICs. There's an option at the insurance company for what we call GIC refugees. And I want to talk about it just for a few minutes. I won't name the the insurance company or or the product, I guess, but but what it does is it guarantees you an income, just like the GIC does. Mm -hmm. But because it's an insurance company product, it's, it's created in a different way, and it guarantees you an income based on your age and your gender. That's what insurance policies do, right? right? What you pay for your insurance policies based on your age and your gender and your health status. So that's how this product works as well. It's got nothing to do with life insurance. So I want to make that clear. And I had that question again recently. You know, are you talking about life insurance? No, nothing to do with life insurance. But it's an it's a product from the insurance company, an investment product, where instead of the 1.3% you're getting on the GIC at whatever financial institution, you can get... 4.3, 4.3 instead of 1.3. And to be clear, not all of the 4.3 is interest. Part of it is what's called a refund of capital. So part of that 4.3 is your own money coming back to you. That might sound weird to some people, but you have to remember the purpose of this investment. Well, there's several purposes. One, hopefully is to avoid probate. And this is the avoid probate show. And thank you for joining us on the Sunday morning. If you're new to the show or just dialed in, um, this product will avoid probate. So we put we put the beneficiary on as per, and it's going to give you this guaranteed income. Why does that matter? Well, because some people buy the GIC for the guaranteed income. They actually don't. Some people don't even really care about the hundred grand that they put in the GIC. They want the guaranteed income. They want the guaranteed interest. Now that might sound weird too, not not caring about the hundred grand. But so there is an option. It, it's it's a it's called a the technical uh, non the technical industry term is called a GMWB, Guaranteed Minimum Withdrawal Benefit, GMWB. And uh, there's a couple insurance companies out there that provide it. Not many. I think I only know of two. There might be a third that I'm unaware of. But it's an option for people with GICs who want a guaranteed income. You don't have to take the income, just like a regular GIC. You could reinvest it. You could take the income, put it in your TFSA. If you're under the age of 71, you can put it in your RSP if you have RSP room, or you can just roll it over as it as it comes to you, whether it's monthly or annually, whatever. You, you decide. It's all flexible. Mm-hmm. You have control over it. But 
it's it's going to be there for the rest of your life unless you decide to collapse the plan. So I just I just kind of wanted to share with the listeners that even though I'm not a big fan of the GIC, there is an option in the insurance world which does what we want it to do. It avoids the probate. And by the way, unlike the GIC, it's not locked in. So you have access to the funds anytime you want. We never lock in our clients' money at avoidprobate.ca. And if you got hit by a bus tomorrow, whatever the balance is of that account just gets paid to your named beneficiaries like a regular investment does at the insurance company. I wanted to share that because I was really frustrated. I was I have to respect every client's uh, individualness and, and their intentions and their own risk tolerances. And, you know, I've been doing this 25 years now, so it's not about me, right? It's about it's about what the client wants, and I need the client to be happy. I, I say to the client, I don't care what, what you, like, I don't care. It's your money. My job is to give you the information and show you what the options are and show you how we can make it better. And I said to this lady, man, we are going to simplify your life because these stupid maturity dates are going to be a thing of the past, It's all going to be in this product with this guaranteed rate of return that is flexible, not locked in, and avoids probate. And I think it's a much better, much simpler solution instead of carrying the scrap of paper around with and worrying about different maturity dates. Okay, we're going to do a mailbag, of course, because it's a popular segment, as we all know. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll jump into the mailbag. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Okay, let's head down to Kensington Markets, one of the coolest places in Toronto, where you'll find the coolest place for men's fashion. That is Tom's Place, 190 Baldwin. Mr. Tom, how are you this afternoon? Ted, all I can tell you is that we're doing fine. And not only we're doing fine, the people that shop here are doing even better. There is no shortage of merchandise in our store. The groomsmen are coming in. The merchandise is right on the racks. All we have to do is just find what size they need, get them fitted, and they're ready to go. Tuxedo galore. You want peak lapel, shawl lapel, notch collar, we have it all. You want a single button, a double button, it's not an issue with us. We have the goods in our store. Nobody has inventory like Tom's Place. Nobody has groomsmen suits at the prices as Tom's Place. We sell 100% wool suits. That's what we sold when my dad had the store. That's what I'm selling now. I don't believe in a polyester suit for my customers. I wouldn't want to wear it. Why should they? So nice to hear your voice, Dad. Have a great day. And please remember, nobody has selection like Tom's Place. 190 Baldwin in the heart of Kensington Market. That's where you'll find Tom's Place. Thanks for tuning in. This Sunday morning, you're listening to the Avoid Probate Show. And I'm Ted Walshen. He is... Jason Laidler. You can reach Jason during the course of the week via email, info at avoidprobate.ca or toll free 1-844-667-7628. And um, Mr. Laidler will get back to you as soon as it is possible. Yep. So I'm looking at the mailbag, ever popular, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to read a comment from um, a listener, uh, anonymously, of course. It says, and so this, just uh, as background, this is mid-conversation. I've already, we've already exchanged a few uh, thoughts, and I sent her some supporting material, which she's reviewed. And so this lady says, thanks for sending. The one question I have right now has to do with 
time frame of funds. Time frame of funds. I understand that there is a maturity date, meaning that if you cash out prior to maturity date, you lose the guarantee and pay a fee to cash out. If that is correct, what is maturity date for most of these funds? There, there is something called a maturity guarantee that the insurance companies provide. I don't think I've ever talked about it on this show because I think it's stupid. And I'm going to explain why. And I did I did explain to this lady in my response. Um, I mentioned the death benefit guarantee on a regular basis because I love the death benefit guarantee. It's a 100% guarantee whereby, you know, your million dollars... Uh, drops to 850 because of global geopolitical events or whatever, that step backwards that I referred to before. And if that's the day you pass away when it's worth 850 instead of the million, it doesn't matter because the insurance company is going to top up the difference and pay out the full million. Right. So that's a really cool feature. That's very cool. And the bank can't do that. So that's the 100% death benefit guarantee. They can't or they don't want to. Well, they can't. Uh, well, I guess, I guess they could. I guess to your point, they could. Um, the maturity guarantee, it's, it goes like this. Keep your money here at insurance company A for 10 years. And if, it, if it's underwater <clears throat> 10 years from now, mm-hmm. when you pass away, again, we'll make up the difference and pay out the, the gap, the shortfall to your heirs. Right. That's what the maturity guarantee does. But the reason I don't like it, there's two, two main reasons. One, I've talked about resets. You know, when you have a good year, you can trigger this thing called a reset at your discretion. There's no fixed date. It's up to you, the the, the investor. You're the boss. You say, hey, Jason, uh, we've had a good quarter, a good half year, a good 12 months, whatever the thing is, because you get one a year. Mm-hmm. Let's lock in that gain, the 100K that we made on the investment. And that becomes, so now the million, using that back to the million as an example, you made 100 grand. Your 1.1 is the new floor. Right. And that's the minimum that will get paid out. But but like any investment, though, you've got to decide when the, when what it's a wise yeah, t- that's right. time to do this. Because you could say, well, wait a minute, I only put in a million, but it's worth 1.1. Yep. Lock it in now. Yep. And then suddenly it goes to 1.2, but you've already locked it in for, for 2022. That's correct. That's the chance you take. I mean, the good news is as soon as the calendar year changes again, yeah. you can trigger another reset. So that's why some people will do this uh, end of the year. And, and then have a short time to wait before they might want to do it again. But that's that's another conversation. That's a different strategy. But at least it's there. At least it's an option that you don't you didn't have so, before. So you don't actually have to wait. Like if I did this on March the first, I don't have to wait till March first, two thousand twenty-three. Correct. I could do it January first. That is correct. That's a good question. That is correct. Okay. One a year at your discretion. One a calendar year. Okay. At your discretion. So it's not in. Doesn't have it's to not be- three hundred sixty-five days. All right. Okay. So I want to share with you, uh, I don't want to say it's Kurt, but my, my response, I'm always trying to be polite, of course, with our listeners. I said, hello to this lady, and I said, the quote maturity date thing is a silly marketing ploy, in my opinion, that only confuses people. It almost never applies. Oh, I, I forgot to explain why it doesn't apply. Because getting back to that reset that we just talked about, if you pull the trigger on that reset, your 10 years starts over again. The 10 years that you got to wait for the maturity guarantee to kick in uh, goes back to zero. Uh-huh. And so if you're taking advantage of the reset, which you should be doing because you're locking in gains, well, you're never, ever going to get to 10 years. You know what I mean? Yep. It's going to keep going back to zero over and over and over again. <clears throat> so that's why 
I think it's kind of silly, and I think it's a marketing ploy, and I said that to this lady. It almost never applies. I'm going to continue reading my answer, and I don't want to bore you with the details of it, but I can tell you this. It has nothing to do with your ability to access your investments and or cancel the account altogether. The money is never locked in. You can access it anytime, and you can move the full amount anytime at zero cost to you, no fees. This goes Mm -hmm. back to the DSC conversation that we had at the top of the show. Mm -hmm. No DSC fees lingering, hiding in the background (laughs) that you will get stuck with at, at a redemption because of a redemption request. So I told, I said, I don't use DSCs. And, and so there are no fees to, to move the money and it's never locked in. So I, and she liked that answer. And so now we're going to have a meeting and, uh, we're going to do some work together and we're going to help her out. Um, and I'm happy about that. So that's, that's a real, you know, email from a real listener. And I've got another one that just came in that I want to share. The question is, hello, I'm 75 years old and I would like some information. Your radio commercials on Zoomer Radio say that, quote, in most cases there is no charge, unquote. That may be so, but who or what is paying for those commercials and the hour-long program on Sunday mornings? I'm curious because these commercials are expensive and someone or some organization has to do so. All right. I bet you a lot of people wonder about how this is working. Uh, well, because they're thinking, well, how come I'm not paying this guy and where is he making his money? Sure, yeah, and that's obviously a, a great, legit question. Uh, there's a couple components to it, though. When we say uh, most of the time it costs nothing, that has to do with, with the age of the investor. And I've said this before many times. If you're under the age of 85, mm-hmm. then... Sure, of course we get paid. Avoidprobate.ca is not a charity. This is not a charitable organization that we're, we're, we're plugging on Sunday mornings here. It's a for-profit business where we're trying to help people avoid this probate nightmare that we talk about. And most of the time, i.e. if you're under the age of 85, we can help you at no cost to you because when we transfer that 100000 bucks out of whatever bank it's in today over to whatever insurance company it goes to, the insurance company says, thanks, Jason, or thanks, Ted, or thanks, Sally, or whoever it is who's the advisor or the agent who does that work, does mm-hmm. that transfer. And they say, we know that you could have picked a different insurance company to move the money to. And so because you picked us, here's the standard commission that we pay advisors across the board. And it is standard across the board. And that's it's very important. Now, when you say standard across the board, is it standard with every insurance company? That's what, exactly what I was just going to say. Or, or does, does the, a specific insurance company pay each person they deal with the same amount of commission? I'm not sure I understand the difference there. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is, okay, let's, let's say we go to uh, Frank's insurance company. Yeah. Um, and you, you come with some clients and you invest uh, about 100000 and I come with a client for 100000 Frank gives you the same amount of commission as he gives me. That's correct. Okay. That's, that's one of the things that I'm asking. The other one is if we go to Ernie's, is Ernie going to give us the same commission as yes, well? Yes, he is. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It, and that's exactly what I was getting at. That's a great question. And, and the, the listeners and the consumer, the investor, all the same person, I suppose, they need to understand that it has to be a level playing field. The The regulators insist on having it as a level playing field mm-hmm. so there's no bias. Because when I say we're independent advisors, 
Well, I mean it. And I, when I say it kind of sounds kind of rude when I say I don't care which insurance company we use, what I mean is it doesn't matter to me in terms of my compensation. Right. I mean, I do care because I know some are better than others and I know some are better at this particular aspect of the investment and some are better at this particular aspect of the investment. They can specialize. Insurance companies can focus on the, an older age clientele or a younger age clientele and mm-hmm. have different bells and whistles and all that stuff. So, yeah, we do care. And I mentioned all the all that information is public information. It's all publicized and you can Google it and you can find out who the number one is in this category and that category. But... <clears throat> the regulators ensure that it doesn't matter and it, there's no bias. And I can't say insurance company A pays more than insurance company B because that would not be good for the consumer. Right. So I hope that answers uh, the, the question in this in this email that I just shared. I think I, I hope I covered it all. I mean, we are doing this for profit. And if you're under the age of 85, it doesn't cost you 10 cents for you to solve a big potential probate problem. And I think that's amazing. Like I keep, I keep telling mm-hmm. you, I keep saying to Ted when we're not on the air, you know, we're not selling steak knives here. Like we're providing a valuable public service and most of the time it costs nothing. Now, if you're over the age of 85, and I guess people are wondering about that part of it, then there is a cost because the insurance companies will not pay the same. And, you know, just think about it. It's because they don't expect to have the account for as long. No. You know, if you're, if you're 90 something years old, you know, they, it could be a short term investment. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a different pay structure. And and unfortunately, you know, if most people in that situation have to put their hand in their pocket and, and, and write a check up front to facilitate the transfer. But it could, it's just it's, it's a math. It's a math question. Is it worth it for me to pay X number of dollars to move this money so I can save X number? Of, well, not not me, my kids or you're, you know, you're gone when you got a probate problem. It's because you're not here anymore. You know what I mean? So. You're not saving the money. Your your heirs are saving the money by avoiding the probate. So is it worth the cost of the transfer if you're over the age of 85 to, to do that? Um, that's that's an individual question. Mm-hmm. And and some people say yes, and some people will say no. And I get that. So that's fine. That's a judgment call. And, and there are people who say yes. And they even though they've got to write a check uh, to do the transfer. They, and how expensive is that? Uh <laughs> <clears throat> what we normally can do it for 1% right. of the transferred value. Right. And it's, so it's a 1% one time up front of the transferred value. Whereas if you left it in, you'd be paying probate one and a half. Exactly. So somebody said to me, they did the math on it, or they thought they did the math on it. And I forget what the, do- the total of transfer amount was. And they said, oh, that's, that's like uh, 240 bucks. And I said, no, it's $2,400. And she was like, holy, that's a lot of money. And I said, hold on a second. It's less than the probate fee. Right? The probate fee is a half a point more. Not to mention, and this is important, Time. Legal fees. Legal fees are going to be thousands of dollars. Right, of course. The time that it's going to take, the stress that's going to create, the aggravation, the liability. I had a story here about liability. It's going to have to wait till next week. Um, it's good stuff. And it's uh, it has to do with um, somebody, uh, the option of, of renouncing your role as an executor. We had a call. Mm. Uh, and somebody's in this situation. And I even brought the document in. You uh, probably was, scared them away. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the form. Ted's got a copy of the form. Uh, renunciation of right to a certificate of appointment of a state trustee. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, I guess, next week now, because I think we're running out of time here quickly. I'm getting yep. 
getting the hairy eyeball from Frank. But uh, I hope that answers that other listeners' questions about the fees. Yeah, we're making money and we're paying for those commercials. That's that's what it boils down to. Because if we weren't, it'd be quiet here. We're going to take a quick break and wrap up the show when we get back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember, insert your name, and we're heartbroken because, insert your name, did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of, insert your name, have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca Welcome back. It is the final chapter of Avoid Probate. For February. Yes, for the, it's it's the last segment for the month oh. of February. Last segment for the last show of the month. That's right. I get it now. And just a reminder, by the way, if you have not had an opportunity to go or check out the website, do so. Avoidprobate.ca. There you will find a free probate calculator. You can play with it and see roughly how much probate might be payable on your estate or your parents' estate. And there's a button for anybody who missed any of our past shows or would like to hear a show that you have heard but you'd like to rehear it. Just click Listen to the Show button and you can access every program that we have recorded since the beginning. Again, uh, that's avoidprobate.ca. And if you want to send an email, it's info at avoidprobate.ca or the phone number to call toll-free one eight four four. Six six seven seven six two eight. You talk to Jason's mom. She'll give you a recipe for strawberry shortcake. It is National Strawberry Day, so yeah. I guess if you, if you want to have some strawberry shortcake for dessert, I like strawberries. Well, there I, you don't have to have lunch now because uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm, that's my nutritional hit for the day. And that is it for us for this day. Yeah, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's do the thank yous. Uh, we got a special thank you to Frank for stepping yes. in. And uh, thanks to Ted Walsh and for his decades of radio excellence. Thank you to uh, Zoomer listeners for joining us on this Sunday morning. Hopefully you'll join us again. Hopefully you learned something. We'll be back next Sunday. Ted, are we going to do this again next week? You keep bringing the fruit, I'll be here. (laughs) Okay, I don't know what kind of berry it'll be next week, but we'll see. Raspberries are my favorite. Are they? Okay, well, we'll see about that. Anyway, you uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You too. You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.